Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. It's just a thought, it's just a thought, it's my opinion. It's just a thought, it's just a thought. Get out your feelings, it's just a thought, it's just a thought. It's my opinion, it's just a thought, it's just a thought. Get out your feelings. Before we got rock and roll, and I told this gentleman we're pretty much the same person, and this is the first time we've really been able to have a real conversation. You might recall or know him from the Dear Future Wifey podcast. He's the award-winning, top-rated, always-trending, and often viral relationship podcast host, Lataris R. Whitfield. He's a three-time Emmy-nominated producer, man after my own heart, cinematographer, national playwright, and a director. And uh, we're going to talk about that, a whole bunch of other things, because he's always busy. Without further ado, Lataris, it's an honor, man. It's, it's crazy. I feel like we met and said, hey, hi, nice to meet you. And we went did. about our merry way. Yeah, we did that at the Stella Awards. Yeah, about a year later, here we are. Yeah. It yeah, felt like a yeah. year later. It yeah, really just was a few months about ago. three months just, ago. Yeah, just this. about about four, five months ago. It's been ago. a long year. Yeah, it has. <laughs> but that's what's so great about it. When we've been running around moving and shaking, then it just, you know, time went by real fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's so speaking of that, it's been a big year for you. Now, mind you, since, since you really got going during the pandemic era, I like to say, yeah. um, your podcast has really taken off. But, you know, in light of that, this year in particular has also been major for you. What are you, and I know I ask this question of people often like yourself who are high achieving people. It's often difficult for you all to say, I'm proud of myself. What are you most proud of? What what step did you take this year that makes you most proud? That um, what I'm most proud of is the ability to be transparent and vulnerable. Yeah. And for that transparency and vulnerability to heal people across the world. Yeah. Because, it, you know, we, we talked about this before we pushed record, that uh, to show up authentically in these spaces, yeah. it's, it takes a lot of bravery. And to be able to be vulnerable in front of the world and and put yourself out there to be judged and criticized and critiqued and possibly counseled, yeah, you know, um, it's 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 a task every single day. So I I love the fact that I fully embraced my truth and who God called me to be, and I just walk in total transparency. Let's talk about that walk because I can only imagine it wasn't necessarily the easiest walk for you. Absolutely. Um, not. When do you feel like you turned the corner, especially being a black man? When it comes to transparency and just being able to be vulnerable. In 2020, I did an episode with Joey Greco, who is the former uh, host of the TV show Cheaters. Yeah. And he's a good buddy of mine. And I did an episode called To Cheat or Not to Cheat. <laughs> and in that episode, I said I have to be transparent. And in that episode, I revealed that uh, I cheated on my ex-wife. Now, my, my ex-wife and I are on good terms or whatnot. And so to talk about something that happened Five years, you know, five years ago, yeah. it was like, and I had been divorced five years at that point, and I sent that interview to my ex-wife, and I said, I want your blessing before I released it. And mm-hmm. she looked at it, she said, I like this. I like that you didn't uh, shift blame on me or whatnot. You mm-hmm. took 10, you know, you stood 10 toes down and and, and the truth. And I said, yeah. all right. And so that was a pivotal moment for me, because at that time, I wasn't sharing that with the world, yeah. you know, and so... Uh, I knew that something changed in the spirit realm. Something mm. shifted in that moment. and But then I said it in that moment, but then a year later when I did an episode on Breenie Lee, she has a big YouTube channel, about 700,000 mm. subscribers, most of them women. Wow. But then to be on that platform and share that and then have all those women, ah, oh, he's a narcissist, yeah. he's this, this. I'm like, what? A narcissist will never <laughs> tell the truth. I'm trying to be open here. You know, I'm, I'm trying being to be open. I'm being vulnerable. <laughs> and y'all, y'all telling me, you know, I'm like, wow. And they're hearing me speak about something that happened so many years prior. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, and I understand. I understand that a lot of women were triggered by that because a lot of them still haven't dealt with 
forget the pain that may have been caused to them mm -hmm. by a man cheating on them. Or even what I started finding out is that they have been the mistress. And so they're projecting wow. that on me, knowing that they were the quote unquote side chick. And so they, you know, it's when I, and then in my DMs, they'll slide in and start telling me all these little confessionals and be like, well, thank you for being honest, King. You know? on, and in, in the DM, they'll yeah. tell the truth. Yeah, they'll in, cap yeah, in the yeah, comments. Yeah, in the comments. I can't believe you. Why you got him on this platform? I hate men that cheat. I don't even want to watch Dear Future Wifey no more. I'm like, what in the world? I've been saying this for the longest. So it's just, it, it's a trip. I love the ability to, and the first oh, time I knew that I was healed was when I was able to see so many negative comments and it not affect me. Mm, unbelievable. Because I, when, when I went through this program at my church called Celebrate Recovery, I realized I had a codependency issue. I needed affirmation from people. That's my love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And so if you uh, criticize me or say negative stuff about me, I would take that inward and make wow. me uh, value myself less. And so to be able to, to read those comments and not be affected by it, I said, okay, God, I see what you're going to do mm, now. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the podcast. But before I do, I want to stick with cheating for a moment. Uh -huh, let's talk in, about a, in a way that is not intrusive, but I want to get your take on something. Talk to me. So Selena Johnson, um, Grammy-nominated, national recording artist, R&B diva, talk show host, the list goes on and on. She is on a talk show now called Crowned on In the Black Network. There's a clip that's going around that's viral right now where she is responding to one of her co-hosts asking her, is cheating a deal breaker? Now, Selena has been married for almost 16 years. Her, she has, a, you know, two beautiful children. They're teenagers. She said, you know, in light of the fact of how long I've been married, I have two children. Right. Cheating is not a deal breaker for right. me. The people are going crazy. The people, crazy. The, I saw that clip. They're losing their minds. Yeah. So with that in mind, and you being a man, you're on the other side of it. You're somebody who's experienced this as well. What say you to, to her response and also the responses she's getting? I always say that, you know, it's this old thing that we used to hear growing up. God will never put more on you than you can bear. Yeah. Certain people can handle cheating. Some people can't. Um, and so I always say that that has to be reserved for each marriage. Yeah. And so even in my marriage, my ex-wife could handle it. You know, she before we got married, she said, listen, if you ever cheat on me, it's over. It's a deal breaker. But then when it happened, she didn't just, you know, toss me to the curb, yeah. you know, because she started watching me go through the process of restoration and healing and mm -hmm. getting accountability partners around me and going through therapy and whatnot. And so, uh, but I couldn't forgive myself. Mm. The problem wasn't, her, the problem was me. I kept saying I was a guy that would reprimand a lot of my homeboys for cheating. And so when I found myself operating in the lowest denominator of myself, I couldn't forgive myself. And so I felt like it would be better off if I um, filed for divorce. And so that began to be the reality. And so, but when I talk to different people, certain people say I can't overcome someone cheating on me. And then you have some people that may look at it and go, you know what? Um, and I hate for them to say that. They go, you know, I've had women tell me this. After seeing my podcast, they'd be like, listen, I don't believe a man can be faithful in the first place. So mm -hmm. if you and I were to get married, you can have a side chick. It doesn't bother me. Wow. You know? And the, my response to that is now you're speaking to the lowest version of me. I will never, ever 
uh, okay that behavior because that's not what I desire. Wow. And so, uh, as I said, for different people, it's different stuff. But for her, I understand what she's saying. She's saying it's not a deal breaker because she feels like there's so much invested in her marriage. Mm-hmm. They build legacy. They have kids. Uh, she says something about her kid is in high school and needs yeah. his father and yeah, all that absolutely. type of stuff. So she feels as though um, that's not cheating is not so bad that she would give up all of that mm-hmm. and allow or watch her kids suffer by not having the father present in the home. So yeah. that's why I say to each his own. But it's also the point that if he were to cheat on her, then I would say she needs to pay really close attention on how he safeguards her heart and mm-hmm. what restoration looks like. Yeah. Because it's different from somebody cheating and somebody that says, I'm going, I am a cheater. Correct. You know, so if you say, listen, I'm going to be smashing women everywhere and I don't care what you say. That's a difference. That's Absolutely. where the Bible said, I've given you over to a reprobate uh, mind. And so that person says, I have no restoration. I am who I am and deal with it. That's mm. a different type of heart posture. Absolutely. I love your take on that. I want to talk about content creation. Um, and, you know, at the inception of the Dear Future Wifey podcast, you know, everybody was... Everybody said, okay, now I'm at the crib. Yep. I have something to say. Yep. Podcast time. Everybody. Um, including myself. Yeah. Um, and it's fun because we have production background, so we understand how these things go yeah. in a way that a lot of people that started podcasts did not. Um, but still in all, there's still a process when it, t- when it comes to not only content creation, but then disseminating that to the masses and then on the other side of it, gaining an audience and influence. Yes. For you, what was the most challenging part of that journey and what's been the most gratifying part of that journey? The most challenging was consistency because I'm a creative and so I don't like consistency. You know, I haven't <laughs> been in corporate America for years. So I just, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it yeah. and not have any type of structure. Yeah. And so when you're putting out content, it was times I was just tired. I just didn't want to mm-hmm. record or I didn't have a guest that weekend. And um, I would have my, my I call it the Lit Fam. Uh, they would comment and be like, hey, you know, where's our episode this Wednesday? I'm like, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? You know, I am tired. You know, and they like, you know, because they started, they likened it to watching their favorite TV show, like yeah. watching Power or something. They was like, where's my show? And so I started saying, okay, I have to be accountable to the people that I have been fostering and, and galvanizing this community. So then I said, okay, God, you said to whom much is given, much is required. So now let me be consistent. So the mm. hardest thing was about me being consistent and for me to always show up authentic because if we start reading comments and someone says, well, I don't like when you do this or you laugh too much at this, you this, then it made me say, well, maybe I shouldn't laugh so much right. or maybe I should do this. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be me. It's funny. It's funny. I'm going to be me. <laughs> and I said, this is the space that I can be me if yeah. you like it. We rock together. You're a part of my community. If you don't, then go find somebody else. Yeah. And it was me always recalibrating and showing up authentically how God made me every single episode. Mm-hmm. So it's not an episode. I remember the episode where the wig fell off of one of my guests. That oh, was yeah, we all remember that. A hundred million views <laughs> later. But people said, was that something y'all staged? Absolutely not. There's nothing in my podcast, nothing I say is staged. Yeah. I don't write down, I'm going to say this line, I'm going to yeah, drop yeah, this yeah, gym yeah. at this moment. I let everything happen organically. So to always be... Uh, consistent, show up uh, with 100% authenticity mm-hmm. was one of the hardest things to do because, like I said, you start 
looking at the metrics and um, uh, looking at the rankings of your yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should do this. Well, maybe yeah. I should get this guest or maybe. And it just wasn't authentic. And uh, the other question was um, most gratifying. Most gratifying is to get all these DMs from people whose marriages have been healed and wow. marriages have been restored. And people are DM me and they say, hey, listen, I know you're a really busy person. You're probably not even going to read this message. But mm-hmm. my husband and I are going through X, Y, Z. And I'll go, it, when will your husband be home? I'm going to video call you on uh, on IG. He'll be home at 5 o'clock. i video call. Hey, what's up, King? He hey, bro, <laughs> what, what, what's going on? <laughs> Say, man, listen, man. Is this a setup? Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I told her I was sorry <laughs> last night. Why you got this man on here? Man, we, man. I love those moments. Listen, I love those moments. And so we'll be chopping it up with these with these people, talking to them, going through real marriage counseling. Yeah. Those moments where people have allowed me or have invited me into their hearts, invited me into their marriages, and they look at me. And, and brothers, what's so great about brothers, it's hard for them to learn and listen to other people because the other people aren't revealing their scars. Most yeah. pastors or whatever, they're not saying, hey, I cheated on my wife. I did this or whatnot. I'm overcoming, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But I lead with my scars. And so when the men see that, it makes them more receptive to say, hey, listen, I'll listen to that brother. Or they'll DM me and be like, say, brother, like, like much, much love to you, man. Much respect for you. Mm. And so those moments is the most gratifying is to hear that my story, my journey, my podcast is helping to save black families. Who was Lateris? Who were you before your podcast versus who you are? Well, we're on four years in almost. We're yeah, right, right it'd be four, four year years mark. in April. Who are you? Before the podcast, I was someone that was very private with my personal affairs. You know, uh, I would only share what I, quote unquote, wanted to share. I would do this thing called Daddy Diaries, where I would chronicle the journey of me and my daughter as she was matriculating through high school or whatnot. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't still that personal. Who yeah. I am now is very, very personal, very, very vulnerable, very, very transparent, you know, and where now I just don't care what people say. You know what I'm saying? It's like I used to be like, it's oh. fun. yeah, it's fun. It's amazing. You know how them old people get, they be getting they 70, 80 years old. They, they don't, don't care, care about what they, they don't care. That's how I feel now. I feel like an old man to be like, child, like, and I can see through people. Like I can mm-hmm. literally, I can hear someone get mad at a comment or a post or a, a reel or uh, a podcast episode and I can see it as their trigger and not mm, take offense. I'll yeah. be like, okay, let me, let me talk to you. You probably experienced this before. Yeah. I know that you felt like this and I know you probably felt like I took it lightly. I felt like I did an interview with Denea Jackson and women were like, you're not taking her story seriously. You're laughing the whole time. And Denea told me, she said, had you not been laughing, she said, because I'm quite hilarious. Had you not been laughing, our interview wouldn't have been that long. It would have probably mm. been 15 minutes because reliving a lot of trauma that I've yeah, been yeah, through, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have found it as a safe space. Mm. But the people watching in didn't realize she asked to be on my podcast after watching how I curated interviews and said, that's the only person I would trust with my story. Wow. And so to to make sure I keep the main thing the main thing, my guess is the main thing, right. not the people weighing in. Right. But it's but watching it, I was like, well, maybe I should have, maybe. And I had to check with her and say, did you ever think that I was taking anything lightly? She said, absolutely not. I had so much fun. I hated when it was over. We did two, <laughs> we did two, um, it was a two-part episode. So, you know, to make sure that I stayed dialed into what yeah. 
I feel and not care about what people say. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that people don't have value. It's saying that I want to allow what you think of me to dictate how I move in God. I love that. I want to move to the single folk for a minute. I- I'm one of them. I'm one of the I'm single one of them folk. too. Um, so, so let me ask you yeah. this now. I-, I just believe that Come on, we talk should about be uh-huh. equipping ourselves foundationally with uh-huh. what is necessary to be in actual relationships. Absolutely. And or marriages or what have you. I don't know why I'm talking this way, but it feels good. Um, (laughs) But um, I think that, you know, sometimes when people, you know, tune in to podcasts at a relationship podcast, they they may say, oh, I'm I'm single. You know, I don't I don't even know how this applies to me. Yeah. Um, Without necessarily understanding that it's very applicable. Like you should you should surround yourself with people who embody what you would like to have or become. Not covet, but surround yourself so you can learn. How do you feel your podcast speaks to people like us who are walking the single path, but who who desire? And I'm not saying that you, I'm not sure if you do, but who desire to ultimately be married? married oh, absolutely! I desire marriage. Come on that's, in that's the whole podcast. He wants to get another, yeah. another ring on. Yeah, the podcast is. I said, journey with me as I discover, uncover, and recover love. Mm. You know, I feel like uh, I feel unsuccessful each year that goes by, and I'm not. Uh, I haven't remarried. That's. The truth. We are like the same person. Man, I'm telling because I'll say now, next year, watch. And I've said again, 2024. Don't you I'm gonna get be sick married. of saying that? I'd be so tired. I'd but be so tired. Yes, I said you. it that way. It's what, exhausting. What did my friends call me out? They said, Didn't you say you're gonna be married last year? I said, Be wary when I stop saying it. Well, first of all, that's mean. Why would you say that? Why would they say that to you like you that? You say that every year. You say that every yeah, year. I do, and <laughs> I'm gonna keep on. I'm saying gonna keep it. on saying it. So when you, when you don't get invited to my wedding, you're gonna know why. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And so my podcast, that's what it is. I'll talk to singles. I'll have people on my podcast that are single, never been married, still mm-hmm. desire marry, uh, marriage. Women who have. Uh, taking the faith move to freeze their eggs because mm-hmm. they still want to have kids. Yeah. And the doctors yeah, yeah. told them, hey, you know, um, um, you're 35, you need to freeze your eggs. You know, all that stuff. And so it keeps adding wrinkles to my brain about what the landscape of dating looks like now yeah. because it was a whole lot different before I got married at 27. I got married at 28. Now I'm 45 years old. Mm-hmm. So everything looks different. Everything sounds different. We didn't have all this, these resources and podcasts talking about relationships yeah. and social media telling you, uh, I want the soft life. I want a man <laughs> that's paying a hundred percent versus 50, 50. And I'm like, this is just, we it's have all much. this information that's just like, Oh my God, it's exhausting. But Believe it or not, it's shaping how we date. Yeah. When you hear something go viral about a Cheesecake Factory date, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like now women or men start feeling like, okay, women require too much. I want to mm-hmm. take this woman out, but do I have to go above my budget and take her to Ruth Chris when I can only afford Cheesecake Factory? Right. And not operate in the bravery of saying, listen, I ain't got it, but I really want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. Can we just go out to eat here? You know what I'm saying? But it's shaping the ideology of how people date. And so um, my podcast has been uh, a loud voice in the culture because we talk real. It's like I'm not going to – we're not going to sell you no smoke and mirrors. It's the truth. This is what it looks like. A lot of the couples that I have on my podcast that have thriving relationships, they didn't – the couple I had a couple of weeks ago, the first date was in his car. And they were sitting there talking in the parking lot. You know, he had just got out of jail. She, my she, God, yeah, he had got. Hey, okay, maybe your husband. Love so he just after got lock up. <laughs> Love on lock. 
Love after lockup. Look at that. <laughs> Look at God. So he had got out of jail two years prior. She had gotten out of jail uh, a few months prior. She was one of my old high school uh, classmates. It's just the, the, the web you're weaving here is listen, incredible. But, and listen, they got married, got a divorce last year, and got reengaged this year. She moved to Atlanta from Dallas. She said, I'm going to start over. Oh my God. And she was dating somebody. He was dating somebody. And they began to start texting each other, reminiscing. And then they said, why are we doing this? You're where I want to be. You're home. And the whoever they were dating at the time wasn't, you know, footing the bill. So he's like, this just doesn't, we're, we're not connected. And then they decide to uh, do it all over again. So they're reengaged. Well, good for them. Reengaged. So just having real stories like that where it's not about money. Yeah. I want to get so far away from equating love and money like yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah. It's, not, it's not real yeah. because I remember I, I, I made a lot of money at a point in my life when I was touring shows. But when I lost a lot of money during to due, due to the economy and yeah. and gas prices going up and touring stopped, I never felt like I deserved a wife at that point. Wow. I said, oh, well, I worked hard. I made this money. So now the next level is to get this wife. But I never took into account what happens when you lose that money. I no longer mm-hmm. felt like I deserved to be married. And so I started self-sabotaging, wow. feeling like I didn't deserve a wife. That's so good. I, I want to stick with, with this in a moment. In a, for right now, you talk about the wrinkle in your brain and all the experience, the knowledge you've gained, and also just speaking to what you just mentioned, your number one dating tip for somebody who is like us on their journey to find love, based on the landscape of what, where mm-hmm. we are, based on what you know, based on what you've learned, number one tip. I would say prioritize your healing. Because whatever you went through prior to meeting your husband, he's going to have to deal with that or she's going to have to deal with whatever that, whoever mismanaged your heart, whatever those experiences are. And oftentimes when you meet somebody, they become a mirror reflecting everything that you've been through. Yeah. And so that moment when he doesn't answer the phone. And you like you're getting triggered. You like, is he ghosting me? Is he this? He like, no, I was in the bathroom. I left my phone. And I tell you, we, we, we're doing this, girl. Now I text, I text him five minutes ago. He is not responding. That's it. I'm not gonna talk to him. That's it. I'm done with him. Let me tell you something. I had to go through that myself when I started dating because um, before I got. Before I launched the podcast, I was involved in this toxic situationship. This woman would always keep her phone down. So if I go out a woman, her phone is down. I'm looking like, why well, her phone down? Right. If her phone is on silent, I get triggered because the girl used to keep her phone on silent all the time. Like, what you hide? My phone is up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would just find myself being triggered. You know, but I'll be open about it. I'll talk about it and be like, why do you always have your phone on silent? <laughs> oh, I just hate you know my notifications going all off mm. my phone or whatever. I'm like, okay, you know, was that but, the truth? I don't know. I'm saying like the women I date now, if that's the case, I'll just be like, I don't let it, I don't let it, I don't project what I experienced with them and be like, oh, she's a liar, she's a cheater, she's this or whatever. But very well, I mean, it pops up in my mind, Mm. you know, and so because that woman would always be shady. She always has some extracurricular (laughs) activities going on, you know what I'm saying? And so meeting somebody else that's doing this, I'm like, what you... What you got going on? Maybe this is a trend. Yeah, Maybe all a trend. Maybe I keep picking. What is going on? <laughs> so the reality is that to be to go through your healing journey, yeah. So that when you so that you can give voice to whatever you're feeling. 
Because a lot of times you're feeling certain things, you're just not saying it. You're like, yeah. mm, I'm going to watch him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch him. He's probably doing this. She's probably doing that. But you won't give grace to that person and say, hey, I noticed this, 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 and this is what I've experienced in the past. Yeah. Past. Do you, would you be open to changing that? Oh, you want to put my, I ain't no big deal. And you go, oh, okay. Or they'd be like, well, this is why I do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have an opportunity to accept and say, right. okay, I can deal with that or not. Yeah, like you, sure. it's, it's all a choice. So heal first so that you can actually show up authentically in relationships. And so it's a two-part thing to show up as your authentic self. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Like, whatever it is, I say that to people all the time. If you know for a fact you can't be monogamous, stop trying to get in relationships. Uh Go go Uh find you somebody that's polyamorous, Uh and you go get in that type of relationship. Whatever it is, be who you are. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just just straight up honest. Because whatever you are, and and I found this when I talk to people, you can always find somebody that will match you, whatever you are. If you love hugging trees, you can find it's a whole community. It is a tree hugger out there for out you. Out there for you. Whatever it is you like, you can find it. It's there. That's why I say if you if you learn to heal from whatever that you've been through and I'm then show sorry, up I'm still on tree hugging. Hold on. Would, would you date a tree hugger? If somebody, no. What if he just says he loves nature? What nathan? made you say tree hugger though? Because I had to think so of some real crazy. Things you I just had to say tree hugger because that's just you know it's it's. I seen that on Facebook one day and it's a whole community of people that they just they love. I saw a video of this lady who divorced the Eiffel Tower and now she's dating a gate. <laughs> she is married to a fence. You said Jesus be a fence. I guess that's what she what, had. In what mind. what what are your Google search histories looking like? Man, I'm it just concerned. be popping up. I have no control over what be going on. <laughs> it just be popping up. The Holy Spirit be wanting me to see this stuff. I don't know, but think about it. If you were if if that's somebody you dated that yeah. that loves that stuff, then you gotta whatever it is that you like. There's yeah. there's a whole community of those people. Yeah. 100%. So that's why I say find out who you are and then show up authentically and don't try to pretend. Let somebody know whatever it is. If you have high levels of insecurity, talk about that. I had guests on my podcast where the woman says I was extremely insecure mm. and she and she projected that on her husband. The husband said I'll have to work a little bit harder. Here's a pass here's the passcode to my phone. What do you mm. need? I know I have to answer the phone and they had to go through years of that until she can go I can trust, I can actually trust you. But if you love somebody that much, you'll be willing to go through it. And I'm glad we made this happen. Yeah. yeah. Finally. Thank you, Jaleesa. (laughs) We've been working on this maybe about a month and some change. Trying to figure out dates and all that kind of stuff. But um, I know we'll do this again. And if you ever ever want to interview another single, and I'm not bitter, I'm a good time. I come on, because I know that's a thing. Yes, I said it. Don't be mad, y'all. It's okay. Some of us are bitter out here. We have to work on it. So let me ask you, you this. You talked about healing and deliverance. Let me ask you this. How do you stay not being bitter? Um, I think that, um, no. Um, <laughs> I will say self-awareness is a very, very critical part of being healed, growing, um, being able to ex- accept your situation and also be hopeful about what you want actually right. happening. So self-awareness is a big thing for me. Um, I just, I grew up in a really, I have a great family. I have a Good. really great support. Um, my parents have been married for 38 years. Oh, you've seen um, a long lasting marriage. Yeah. And a lot, I've been surrounded by marriages. I'm the oldest of three girls and my two youngest sisters are actually married, which is now everybody's mm. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Where's your man at? Are yeah. you standing too high? You know, you get closer to 40, they start to think yeah. you're weird and you're the problem. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> but I think I've been, I've been 
able and blessed to be around and reared by really great men and women. Good. Whether that's familial or that's extended family or friends. And so I don't know how I would be without that, to be honest with you. Um, but I've been very blessed in that regard. So that's I think good. that's the biggest reason why I, I can say that I am not. Do I have disappointments? Of course. Do things make me upset or angry? Sure. But staying in that space and place is very difficult. Keeping in context who has helped to make me the you know person I am today. So I would say that's that's really the answer. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm proud of you. That, what thing? Yeah, Latarius Whitfield said he's proud of me. Yeah, I'm proud of you because you still you still hopeful. That's what I'm saying. Well, some you... days I don't. I'm gonna be honest. The other day I was talking to my, one of my close friends. I told her I didn't have no hope yesterday. I just said I was hope, <laughs> hopeless yesterday on the phone. Today I feel better. I have lots of hope, and it's gonna happen for me. Praise God. <laughs> you said just 24 hours ago. Yeah, t- literally, literally, just about this time in my house sitting at my desk. Well, I told well, her. Well, what brought that on? Um, a friend of mine had been asking me, she asked me, it was so innocent. She was like, we're talking about relationships and dating. She's like, well, Cherie, have you been praying about it? And I was like, for about 10, 12 years, sis, what do you mean? One time I prayed to the Lord. I said, I said, God, I know you hear me. I know we could talk like this. I feel like you playing in my face. I told the Lord, I thought he was playing in my face. So (laughs) when we had that conversation, about the praying, it triggered me. And I said, I have been praying for this way too long. It may not happen for me. <laughs> so then I had to move past that. And now I'm you okay said God today. was playing in your face? Oh, yeah, I told him. I said, I feel, your sister I get feel married like you're playing in my face. My, and they've been married. My middle sister's been married for over 10 years. Really? My other sister, yep, got married in her early 20s. My other sister's been married, I think, maybe six, seven years. They're not playing no games. But one was the youngest sister, high school sweetheart. Yeah. Middle sister, college sweetheart. You know, and I had a different journey that I took in my life. I was, you know, athlete and all these different things. Okay. So very ambitious. Not yeah. to say I didn't want relationships. Yeah. Or, or a relationship, I should say. But I think just the ambition and everything that I was doing athletically kind of took precedence. And then you so look your up, priorities were different oh, back yeah, then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even though I wanted it. Yeah. Your, prior- your, your behaviors and your actions are reflective of your priorities. Exactly. My priority said... I want to be the most amazing basketball player ever, and then I want to be the most amazing career Roman ever. And so, again, I had to realize that you give off that energy, too. So even guys that are interested, they see unavailability. Mm. So I had to understand that my energy I'm giving off, even though it's not on purpose, yep. it has to, I have to be very conscientious about and it. And you so. said at the very beginning, you said it's your self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. and that didn't happen until I was about 34. 35, real good at 35. 34 was like a little teaser. Like, you need to check, you You need to really examine yourself. 35 was me actually doing it. <laughs> so now I feel like, okay, I'm all right. So now, yeah. But I go in and out. About 24 hours ago, I was having a bad time. I was under the stairs. I'm good now. Oh, well, I'm glad you're on the <laughs> other side. <laughs> you said transparent. We got to be able to talk about these things. There I'm might glad. be somebody that can say, you know what, Sheree? I was hopeless last Facts. night as well. And Facts. today I'm all right. Facts. Because that's how it is. Good days, bad days. And that's the journey of singleness. <laughs> that is the journey. And you, it, But the crazy thing about the journey doesn't stop. You get it married does. and a lot of married people be like, gosh, I wish I was single again. When I tell they, they, my married friends, you got, you think you got the sweet deal. Well, let me tell you something. It's work. You should be glad you can go around and do whatever you want to do. You don't have to worry about nobody checking in with nobody. Once somebody get on your nerves, you got to still lay beside them at night. You got the sweet deal. I'm like, okay, whatever. You got the sweet deal. The sweet deal. That's what they say. Oh, God. Each their own. Yeah. <laughs> we just went on a whole tangent, but I hope that blessed somebody. <laughs> uh, 
Latarius, we're going to do this again because I don't even know when I'm you're high, in town. I'm having you on my podcast. Come on in. I'm, yeah. I'm coming down come, to the podcast. Down, we're going to have Dallas. a good old time. Come um, down. We're going to be in Dallas. I don't really go there, but if... <laughs> If there's ever opportunity for me to come on down, I will most certainly do that. Let's plan it. Let's plan it yeah, for 2020. Yeah, yeah. Let's plan it for 2020. I want to chop it up with you. Oh get yeah, you, I got get some, you to open up. I got some fun stories. It'll it'll blow your mind. It's very fascinating. Um, yeah. So I would love to talk to you. That'll be that'll be funny. So you all consider this part one. Yeah. Part two will be coming next year. Yes. You heard it here first. Yeah. To watch, listen, like, and or subscribe to this episode or previous episodes, you can go to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Have an amazing week. Talk to you soon. Peace. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.